ethics and boundaries. This is my attempt to get everybody on the same page and make sure that everybody's clear about what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate. Just to start out, I want to I want to talk about you know the fact that massage is a very intimate type of business. And because of that, it, it presents issues and problems and things and, and challenges that other businesses don't have. If you're in the, if you're in the picture framing business, you frame pictures, you don't, you're not going to have to deal with some of these issues. If you're in the, uh, the uh, tennis court resurfacing business, some of these things may not. But because we're rubbing on people, you know, we're touching people, but we're doing it in a totally enclosed room with nobody around, with no camera. You're, you're, everybody is totally on their own, so to speak. So that presents a very specific kind of, of challenge. We've got people, our, our employees going into a room with somebody. It's just them and the, and the client. And, and so it just presents a lot of, a lot of potential challenges. Okay. It's, um, <clears throat> If we were doing our, if all the massage sessions were taking place in this room with all these tables and everybody just kind of came in and we, we did kind of time massage on the table and everybody kept their clothes on and we just, it was all in a big open room, we wouldn't have these, some of these issues because the, the, the level of intimacy would not be the same. But because of the nature of it, we do have these, these issues. Another thing to note is that we are living in a, in a, a new world, okay, meaning I'm referring to the internet and social media. It's said that with the advent of social media, the customers now have a megaphone. They can they can they can announce things and and, and, and what's interesting too, when there's issues that come up related to Orcave and Massage on social media, and it's for example, we have a review, and if you guys want to get uh, kind of grossed out, uh, I go to the Google, re and then the Google reviews, and we have 20 or 30 or 40 of them in there. Mostly, five, we have an average of over four and a half stars, close to five stars, but there's one in there that's borderline pornographic. And so, that happened, that review was put in there five, five years ago, but it's going to be there 30 years from now. Once it's there, it is there, and there's and, and you know I've asked I've, I've put in my little my little thing to Google and said hey this is ridiculous please remove it but Google could care less about us you know, they don't they don't they're not real responsive when it comes to customer people like people like us wanting uh, feeling like we've been uh, we've been wronged so people can put whatever they want now it's a little discouraging from a business owner standpoint that some of these social media things can happen. But my only consolation is that everybody's in the, in the boat together. Nobody's in Massage Heights, Massage Envy, all the spas. We're all in the same boat. It's just, it's just we have to get used to it. We're not, you know, it's unfortunate, but they, they're all in, this, in, the, in the boat with us. They're all in the same, they're all, we're all the same challenge. As my point is, when something happens, and if it happens on social media, somebody's unhappy, there's something, they feel like there's been a, that's, that's a mark against you till the end of time, okay? So, it's, it's, so the stakes are high. There's, a, there's the legal side of it. If you don't massage somebody's feet and they're upset about it, that's one thing. We're not gonna get taken to court for that. 
But if there's an inappropriate touching that goes on, now we've got a potential legal situation in our hands. The spirit behind this meeting today is that I'm trying to do my very best. I want to see if something happens, I want to feel like I've done my best, that I've done everything that I could do to prevent it. That's the spirit in which we're having this discussion today. It's let's not, let's not fix the problem when we have it. Let's try to avoid having these problems. And I want you to know how serious these things are. And this isn't the kind of thing, see if I like you, I like all of you, and there's some issue that comes up, I can't give you three chances. This is a, some of these things that we're gonna talk about today are a one strike and you're out kind of a thing. There, I, I can't give somebody three chances to do some of these things. So that's why I'm gonna talk about it, I'm gonna let you know where it is, and, and I'm gonna say don't do these things, okay? Don't make me have to, have to say goodbye to you because, because see, if somebody, if there's a, a, a serious type of, type of situation that occurs, and when I say serious, I'm mostly talking about sexual stuff. If, the, if somebody touches somebody inappropriately and there's a charge of that, then often, if, if the person is dismissed, if the person loses their job over it, the person that has, the, the person that's, that's bringing the charge forward feels a little bit vindicated. So, and, and then we may it, may, it may go away after that. But if we, if we hold on to the, the employee, they feel like no, they don't have justice, then they feel like they have, to, they have to take other measures. And that's when they get attorneys involved and other things will happen. Now, as I start to talk about this, I don't want you to think that, I mean, let, let's put it in perspective. We had a situation arise, I think you know the person I'm talking about, that's probably been a year and a half ago, hasn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. One situation a year and a half ago. Can you remember the one before that? Not anything. I can't, no, I can't. No. I don't remember the one before that. So it's probably been, in the last three or four years, we've only had one situation. But let me tell you something, it only takes one in 10 or 20 years to, to sink the ship. This is stuff, that's the other thing. This is the kind of thing that can sink the ship. There have been businesses that have gone out of business because of lawsuits brought into their facility. I mean, there's, uh, there's the publicity side of things that can certainly put a damper on business, but then there's the legal, the legal side of things and potentially a lawsuit that could, that could literally cripple you and put you out of business. So these are very, very, very serious situations. And we have um, O'Caven here. We have about, between front office staff and, and housekeeping and therapists, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 140, 150 employees that work right here. And I'm not willing to let one person's bad decisions sink the ship. So I have to be very, so this is very serious stuff when it happens, and I don't have a lot of flexibility if something's brought against you. I've been in business 30 years, there's been a number of these things that have come up over the 30 years, maybe maybe 10, 10 or so over the 30 years, 10 fairly serious situations. So that averages about one every three, three years. Now, I've never had a situation where someone came and, and made a charge against somebody. Now, let me tell you what always happens every single time. 
Every single time the charges brought against a person, they vehemently die. Categorically, they get, they get animated, they get upset, they can't believe that you have accused them of it, that this person is accused of it, I did not do this, they are against me for some reason, da 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 They're so believable. They are so believable. I and mean, you're going, wow, well maybe it didn't happen, maybe this person... But ultimately, I've always had to part, I've always ended up parting company with these folks, and Almost every single time, as soon as they're gone, I start hearing stories. Oh, they're gone now. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. Oh, my, why do you say that? Oh, and they'll start to tell me about some experience they had. Every single time. Other Just clients? Clients and coworkers. Oh, wow. And, it, and boy, by, by the way, that's another issue. If you get wind of something, let's just say that client tells you, oh yeah, I had a session with so-and-so and no, uh, that wasn't good and it was something inappropriate that happened. I hope you will come and let Lindsay or myself know about this. We will never use your name. We will never bring you into it. We will never call you as a witness. Ever. Never, ever. We will investigate. I mean, it's your business as well. You have things at stake here. Do you want to be associated with a place where people are doing inappropriate things? Hopefully not. So please help us police the ranks because they won't always tell us. Or maybe they'll tell you because you're the one closest to a client or something. So this is a very serious situation. It's very important. We're going to talk frankly about it today. Uh, we're going to talk about boundaries and things and then we're going to talk about ethics, of what's appropriate, what isn't appropriate. The basic idea here is don't give anyone a reason to accuse you of anything. Don't give them a reason to do anything. Keep everything totally above board. Let's talk about, the, there's four boundaries that I want to discuss. I want to talk about physical boundaries, and that basically is draping. The drape, the drape forms a physical boundary. I want to talk about social boundaries, how you interact with people from a social standpoint. I want to talk about emotional boundaries, which is going over, dealing with people at an emotional level that crosses a boundary. We'll talk, I'll define, define and describe what that is. And then I want to talk about sexual boundaries. Okay, which I've alluded to already. That's the big, the big, the big thing that we really want to avoid. See, if you cross a, an emotional boundary, if you cross a social boundary, there's potential problems with that. Now, I'm going to define those, and we'll get, talk about it. But that's just a complaint. That's where somebody lodges a complaint. We're not going to get sued for that. We're not going to. They're not going to take us to task on social media necessarily on something like that. Those are not nearly as grievous, so to speak. It can ruin a client, it can, it can lose its clients and lose you clients, but it's not the kind of thing that's really, but the sexual stuff is the one that, that, that can really, that can really, you know, has the potential to sink the ship. Let's talk about, okay, so physical, physical boundaries. Draping. We, we have a class that's mandatory here. That's draping. Has anybody taken the class? Okay, Kenny, Kenny does it. But, but this draping, draping does form a physical boundary. Most people, in my humble opinion, do not, do not drape as tight and as carefully as they could. And 25% of the draping that goes out there is flat out sloppy. I, I encourage you to make draping an, an art form. To watch Kenny how he does it, take that and, and, and learn draping and be serious with draping. It'll, 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 be, it'll be a great. So draping, is, is just, that's just one way. That's the physical boundary that forms that physical boundary. 
Let's talk about social boundaries. What I mean by social boundaries is, you know, your, your desire to become a friend with the person that you're massaging, okay? And to turn them in, to turn it into a social relationship. Like a dual, a, a dual relationship, a work and an outside kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, so you have, so we have relationships. Well, we're gonna go to the movies because yeah, I'm a great Right, right, we have, exactly. <laughs> we, we, have, we have professional relationships, and then we have social relationships. For example, think about a, either your, doc, your current doctor or dentist, or one that you've had in the past, Think about the relationship you have with them. You might have a very cordial relationship. You might have even called them by their first name. But think about the relationship. Did it go into a social relationship where you would have invited them to your son or daughter's christening? Or would you have gone out to dinner with them? Or would you, you know, those kind of things. So chances are it was kept on a very professional level. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with a relationship going from for professional to social, but it does change things. And you have to decide what you want to do. You have to decide what boundaries you want to set in these areas. I'm, I'm just bringing it up more of a, as an awareness thing. With, with you have to decide how do I want my relationships to go with my clientele and how do I want to, how do I want to be towards that. It, it just has the potential to, to create challenges and problems if relationships go from professional into, into a social thing. Anybody want to comment on that? Well, I think if you become friends with someone, maybe they start taking advantage of certain situations, not showing up, oh, they're my friend, they're not going to worry if, if yeah. I cancel last minute. Yeah. Something like yeah. that could yeah. occur. But there are, just, there are, I think we can all see <coughs> where it changes things. I think it's just, it's just good that you have that awareness and that you decide. Part of what I'm going to ask you to do towards the end of this discussion is I'm going to ask you to make some what I call fundamental choices related to how you want to be in your profession, how you want to, to, to act. Okay, any, any other comments on that? So physical boundaries, social boundaries. So just be aware of that. The social boundary thing is not a huge thing. It's not going to not going to necessarily going to get us into trouble, but it has the potential to make things more complicated than they would have to be. Let's talk about emotional boundaries. And what I mean by crossing emotional boundaries are to is, is talking about personal things, personal personal uh, trauma in your life. And here's here's the thing. Here's what I want to be clear about. If a client talks about emotional charged issues, let's say they talk about some assault that happened to them in years gone by and was telling you about how traumatic things were and, and or maybe even a relationship issue. They talk about a relationship issue with you. Those, you can't avoid those. You can't tell your client, don't talk to me about these emotional things. What I'm saying here is I'm saying you should not reciprocate. The client, it's fine. If they want to talk to you about things, I don't know that I would encourage it, but if they talk about emotional things, meaning traumatic events in their lives and other emotional things, problems with sons or daughters, problems with families, relationship things, you know, these emotionally charged kind of things. I don't know that I would, you can't, you can't stop them from that. That's, that's going to, you know, we've all had that happen with them. And as they get closer to you, more and more uh, of that will come out potentially. What I um, would discourage you from doing 
is reciprocating, meaning now you've told me about a trauma in your life, well, let me tell you about a trauma in my life. And you start to tell them about stuff that has happened in your life. We've had to let one person go for that, too. So saying something like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, is that okay? Or yeah, that, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Empa you know, that's empathy. That is empathy. They, they talk, they, and they want to feel you know, validated. You? you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> you want to be empathetic. Sure. You want to be... Yeah, and I think that's fine. You could, I mean, it would, it would even be appropriate for you to ask potentially even a clarifying question if you needed to or whatever. Whatever you need to do to feel like that they, you, they were listened to. I'm recommending that you not start unloading your stuff on them. We've had that happen. Just to give you an example, what brought this, what, what brought this, uh, what brought this up was a, uh, again, this is stuff that I never would have believed that I would have had to, to deal with and tell you, don't do this. One of our therapists was talking to, a, a, I don't know how the, it doesn't really matter to me how they got to this point in the discussion. I think probably, possibly the, the, uh, the client was telling about some trauma in their life. Well, the therapist went on to tell about how they had been molested and they had this and this and this really heavy stuff. They ended up having a child, I think, if I'm not mistaken, ended up having a child based on molestation from a family member, okay? I mean, it's heavy stuff. And they're telling this person, they're telling their client about this. And it's not appropriate. That's crossing an emotional boundary, okay? You need to be aware of that and be aware that there are boundaries that we don't cross. Now, here's the insight that I want to share with you. There's nothing wrong. If there's been a trauma in a therapist's life, See, see, it's not sharing that with another person. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if the other person is telling you. See, in a, in a normal conversation, that would have been totally appropriate. What was inappropriate was the location that it happened in. It happened in the context that it happened in. It happened in the context of a, of a, of a, of a massage session. That's where it's not appropriate. If you guys are having coffee, uh, after church on a Sunday, in a, in a, in a somewhere, on a, on a riverbank, and you start talking, absolutely, totally appropriate. In the middle of a massage session, totally inappropriate. It's, it's when we're bringing up baggage. Gotcha. Yeah, like emotional junk. Yeah, we're bringing up our own traumas in our own life. Mm -hmm. and, and Because, it, let me tell you something. I don't know to what degree you guys will agree with this or not. But when we share a heavy thing, we talk about even even the death. Let's just say the death of a child. Okay, you share that with somebody. That's that's a, a slight burden to them. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but it can be. All right, physical boundaries, social boundaries, emotional boundaries. We want to keep these things as clear cut as possible. Now, sexual boundaries. There are different ways in which somebody can cross the sexual boundary, okay? It's not just inappropriate touching. Not just touching is what I was getting at. But can be anything, any kind of sexual suggestions, flirtatiousness, you know, start to get into crossing boundaries as well. Once that starts, once flirtation starts, then wrong signals can be sent. 
sometimes when, for example, if a male therapist were to say something flirtatious, what well, could go both certainly both ways. Let's let's just talk about, and, and, it would, and it would be different for different. I think different for different sexes. So, for example, if a male therapist says something flirtatious to a female therapist, a female therapist might. I'm, I'm sorry, female client. A, a female client. Who knows? They might feel slightly. Well, they could feel uncomfortable with it, but at the same time feel slightly flattered, and at the same time feel feel not be sure as to how to handle it. So what they might do is they might kind of come back with almost a something to lessen the tension of that, and almost kind of acknowledge it and kind of maybe even say something that could be construed as flirtatious back, with the idea of just trying to, the, the person might just be trying to ease the awkwardness of that. And, and so all of a sudden now the male therapist thinks that they've got a, a positive signal and it just, it just accelerates from there potentially. So that's my point is flirtatious conversation is not, is not good. There should, there, there's no room for, and I'm going to read you an example of that in just a second here. I want to give you, so, so you can cross a boundary flirtatious wise, not just touching wise. Could, you know, things we say. Comments, questions, or observations on that? Just don't do it. You just don't, do, don't don't go there. Don't go there. Keep it totally professional. All humans have sexual needs. You have to that those those will have to be obtained somewhere other than at work. If you're a massage therapist, it's not going to be compatible with massage therapy. Just I don't know what else I can say other than that. And we just have totally zero tolerance on this. Total. Uh, if, it, if, it come, if, I, if I get a report, I almost have no choice but to say goodbye, even, even if, if the person that is, that is being charged with an inappropriate activity, even if they vehemently deny it, I, I just don't have a choice. Uh, okay, now let's talk about other topics of inappropriate conversation that probably are not, that are not appropriate. Certainly any kind of tra traumatic events in your life, we've already talked about that. Personal items. Now, this is a real interesting one, and therapists are often surprised about this. About this, people will start to ask you about your personal life. They're asking you questions, and it's not unusual for them then to come and lodge a complaint that you talked all about your personal stuff. And the reason I know that this is true is because people will come and complain that so and so therapist was talking to me about a bunch of personal stuff kid problems and this problems and that problem. And I'll, I'll mention it to the therapist. I go, really? They're the ones that like drug this out of me. You know, they just ask me all kinds of stuff about my personal life. I've had that happen many, many, many times. So I know that that happens. So just be aware of that. When they start to ask you stuff about your personal life, you don't need to be rude with them, but just kind of give them a, a kind of a brief answer and then, and then move on. Don't don't embellish it and go into it because it, it's very often not not a good it's just not a good thing. Okay, uh, relationship problems. If you're having relationship problems, you don't want to bring that into your massage. It's again, it's just a, another source of children problems. You don't want to talk about children problems. In your stress levels. You, I can't believe how many times a client has complained about a therapist that during throughout the whole session was tell them about. They were telling them about how stressed out they were. <laughs> this is actually quite so common. Bad. It's quite common to have a therapist tell, 
tell the, tell their client throughout a whole session how they've got this going on and this going on. I don't know how I'm ever going to do this. And financial problems and this and this and then you know it's just it's just laying you know loading up the client doesn't come in for that. They don't come in for that. Politics. <laughs> do that. Yeah. Don't 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 get into politics with people. I mean, I feel I feel fairly strong about you know my political views. I don't I don't know that I've ever talked politics with anybody here. Why? Religion is the same thing. They ask a lot. Now now I I will occasionally when someone is going through a tough time I will occasionally speak very generally related regarding religion. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a believer myself. And if somebody's going through something really traumatic and they've talked to me about it, I might ask them, "Are you are you a person of faith? Is religion a part of your life?" And if they do, we'll have that bond, and I'll and I'll, and I'll you know we'll talk about that. But very generally, um, certainly. So I guess in my own life, I've 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 been very. But I guess I guess what I'm talking about is that there are people that want to kind of push their religious views on other people, and that can be as you can imagine can be a problem. Questions, comments on this? So the way you were doing it is more just as a comfort. I'm gonna support okay. As a comfort, yeah, as a way of comforting them through a very traumatic time. I mean I can think of a of a woman who was in an automobile accident, was all beat up and couldn't work and the finances are crazy and she was talking about how a daughter had been molested and, and this whole horrible thing had happened. And I asked her, I said, How you you know, how are you getting through this? Are you you know, are you are you religion a part of your life and she said yes and we, t we talked about how that was really something that could get you through hard times and, and that kind of a thing so so that that potentially would could be could be done but um, in general I, I don't try to I don't I, I wouldn't try to to spout you know try to if somebody said no I wouldn't try to then tell them well you should really get religion as part of your life so that will really help you in these hard times and, and then go off into that and uh, real quick just in yeah on that if someone the client has or is pushing religion or politics onto you, is it okay for the therapist to have that boundary of, you know, I'm not comfortable with this person, go to the Lindsay or to you and say, hey, I don't want this person on my table. Yeah. Actually, that's good that you mentioned that because um, actually we have a we have a policy here that, or a policy, I don't know, policy is the right word, but a philosophy here that I don't want you guys working on anybody that you don't want to work on. When you come and look at your, the quickest way to really get burnout in this field is to walk in and see your schedule for the day and have three people out of five that you just can't stand. You know? <laughs> it's like, yes. it's like, don't do it, don't do it. That's just, that's just the sure way to, to, so we don't ever make you, or require you to work on anybody you don't want to work on. And it doesn't, you don't even have to have a reason for it. I don't like the way they smell, I don't like their hairdo, you, you know. So yes, absolutely. And, and it goes across the board with any kind of a situation. Now, here, I'm off track on this, on this, but uh, I, I do. It's best if you, if somebody's a regular with you, and you don't want to work with them. Now, if if it's just one time, it probably could be handled. You could say, tell the friend, I don't want to, don't schedule with me. But if it's a regular that you've now worked on multiple times, and you just, I, I don't gel with this person. I just, I just don't. It's best for you to say goodbye to them. Okay, it's best because it can be really hard. It'd be, it'd be imagine you going. You know, you had a dentist that you really liked, or a doctor, and you went to schedule an appointment with them. And the front office staff said, "No, the doctor said he doesn't like you anymore. He doesn't want you. To, doesn't want to treat you." Wouldn't you feel like what? 
But if the doctor said, you know what, I don't think I'm the right person for you. Here's a list of three other doctors in the area that I think would do a good job for you. I think it's best that we terminate our relationship and you, and you, and you go with one of these. I just think that's the best. That's, that's the best way to do it. You don't have to do it that way, but it's, it can be pretty traumatic for the client to, have it, to, have, to hear it from the front office staff. Okay, let's talk about this for a sec. This, now this falls into, we're getting out of the boundaries department right now, getting more into the kind of ethics and what's appropriate. Um, and uh, remember, the topic here is things that you may want to avoid talking about. We mentioned politics and religion and other types of things. One category is coworkers. Be very careful, and I would ask you to try to avoid talking anything derogatory about coworkers. We had a, uh, again, this is not something I ever would have thought that I would have had to bring out. We had a situation here that goes back now probably about two years. Break room. One therapist is talking about, so we're gonna, we're gonna cover two birds with one stone here. We're gonna talk about not talking about coworkers and not talking about clients, okay? To your coworkers. We'll talk about exceptions to that as well. But, um, so there was, so what was, what's that? Or client to other client, if they know each other. Yeah, yeah. What happens is that a, a therapist is talking about a client saying that this guy I've been working on, he thinks he, he thinks I'm interested in him, but I'm really not. And I don't know, he's a doctor, he's this, he's that. So she was, she was talking about this in the break room, which is the first mistake. You don't want to do that. Well, the second mistake that happened is that this one of the people that was in the room at the time ended up working on this person. And guess what she did? She told this person about this other therapist and what she had said. Uh, but I, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> this guy's a notable surgeon in town. He found out about this. He was absolutely, what would be the right word? Mortified. Mortified. Pissed. Um, I mean, all kinds of emotions I'm sure we're going through. Embarrassed and angry. And he was, he was even threatened us with, with legal action. It's not good. It's not good. Don't talk about other clients. There are exceptions, I'll get to that. Don't talk about other coworkers. It's just a good thing to do. Questions, comments? This client still calls in and mentions that every once in a while. He is not over that. Like I so talked to him. He still comes though. Yeah, he still comes. Um, wow, he, that's probably good. about four months ago, I spoke with him. He's like, "You do remember what happened?" I'm like, oh, "Absolutely." Yeah. Like he will, he will always take that and oh, yeah. remind How us. Tell him we always mention him in ethics class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your topic of conversation every ethics class. Keep studying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I do. I do have a question. Yeah. If a client, this kind of goes on both topics, um, comes to me and says, someone don't work on me, and well, I mean, they did a good job, but remember, I asked them to lighten up, you know, they told me that what they were doing was for my best good, and they just kept going, and I, and I really, yeah, I know, it was good, but it kind of felt like they hurt me, and, you know, and, and then they're like, they're, I guess, wanting me to, I get, I'm not sure, what, I think they're wanting me to t tell them, but I think they're wanting me to tell them, well, I'm not going to hurt you. So I tell them, well, I'm not going to hurt you, I don't believe that. You know, if you don't want me to do something, I'm not going to do it, period. Mm -hmm. And then, is that something that I should be then, like, Lindsay? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you I get know that this, all the time where another therapist come to me and say, you know, I want this to stay between us, but this client said this. If you feel this. comfortable with that, we would appreciate it because mm -hmm. it helps us 
to help them. And we'll never use your name. Because that's like just feedback. Basically. It's feedback. <laughs> what about if you hear, this has happened a lot actually, where therapists are talking about clients in the hallways even, <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, I'm embarrassed just to even be targeted for that. And you're just like, ah, no, I never if you would let that. Us know, if you're comfortable, just, please let me know. If you will let us know, we will address that. <laughs> we will address it. We will never use your name. Is it, how should we, can how should we deal with that in, on an interpersonal level with our coworker? I wouldn't do anything. No. Just, yeah. How about not in the, the hallways? Or sh yeah, never right. approach another coworker on it, something like never, that. I would Come never. Well, like in the moment when they're like, don't you think? Or like they're oh, yeah, oh, laughing. Or no, so oh, I see, I see. Yeah. I mean, is that a good time? Uh, I like, prefer not, not to talk or? about it. Yeah, it's not appropriate. Yeah, Let's you, keep it down. What I've asked in the past <laughs> is that you, s I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to, I'm actually going to get to that. Just a oh, okay. That was a, that was a, because um, I'm going to talk about gossiping. So we'll kind of get to that in a sec. Thank you for bringing that up. Anything else? If a client is inappropriate with you in any way, see there's different grades of inappropriateness, right? There's like overt, flat, we stop the sketch, we're stopping the appointment, and we're stopping the session right now, go ahead and get dressed. And then there's other things that are, you know, and they're kind of on a gradient, almost to where Maybe some, at the very low end of it would be maybe they're saying something, maybe flirtatious or something with you, and it just, it just gets, it's getting creepy here kind of a thing. There's all the way from the subtle stuff all the way up to very overt stuff. So if it gets into the higher levels of overtness where they're just inappropriate, let's say somebody's exposing themselves as an example. Uh, they keep, they don't, can I, can I go without a sheet? And then, they, and then you say no, and then they, they're constantly, the sheet seems to manage to fall off. It's, and it's good that we're talking about it, because if you stay in the business, it will happen, okay? It will, it will happen, and you need to be, it's good to be prepared for it. So anyway, if things happen that are inappropriate to where you feel like you don't want to work on the person, again, I'm, I'm trying to get you into the sense of gradations. There's stuff that happens that they should be done, never come back again, we will dismiss the person, we will do that. And then there are like, I'm just not comfortable working on them, we will make notes of those things as well. But maybe it's not grievous enough to, let's just say they said something flirtatious to you and you just, I'm just not comfortable with this. So you don't want to work on them anymore. So there, there are things that you're not comfortable with that maybe haven't reached the point where we're gonna, we're gonna cut them off. But we may make a note of that. We may talk to them and say, you can't do this anymore. If it happens again, we're not going to like. We're not. Gonna, you're not going to be able to come back here, as an example. Or we may, depending on what the situation is, we may just cut them loose or whatever. If it's something that you feel should be brought to the attention of management, bring it to the attention of management. Don't go talking about that with other with other people. Okay. Let's just say that now. What the, the, the line that we're walking here is that we want to protect therapists if there's any indication there may be a problem. If you feel like you need to warn somebody, that you feel like they're now wor working with you and you need to warn them, you should not warn them. You should go to Lindsay and say, Lindsay, Susie is seeing this client. Have you talked to her about the situation that I had with that? That's the way to do it. Don't take it upon yourself to clue in people on a different situation. Number one, there's a number of reasons for that. But number one is, you know, why would, don't prejudice, prejudice them right off the bat, you know? They might end up working with another therapist and have the best working relationship ever, 
And you know, and if you go talking to them about how you had some, they were creepy with me. It's a fine line here. I understand. And, we, and ultimately, my goal here is not to protect the client. My goal ultimately here is to protect therapists. So if there's ever anything that you feel does warrant that, you know, we will definitely handle it. Um, but it's just going to get you in trouble if you take it upon yourself to start warning people about things that you think are. If it's that degree, that you, then they shouldn't even be coming in. See what I'm saying? And, then, and so we'll decide together on that, if that's the course that we should be taking. Questions on this coming? Okay. So client confidentiality. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about other ethical considerations. You all know that it's um, considered it's not appropriate to recruit Oak Haven clients to your own business. You understand that? Multiple multi-level multi marketing things, you know, Amway and those kind of things. I don't consider it an ethical issue necessarily if you try to recruit somebody to join your Amway group or your doTERRA group or something. But I, I don't think it's appropriate either. I don't think it's the kind of thing that we want to be doing here. If it's coworkers, it's potentially more appropriate. And I don't really have a problem with, in other words, I don't say, don't ever talk to your coworker about some multi-level company. I don't say that. But I don't want people recruiting clients into their multi-level companies. Is that? Okay. Now, here's another tricky one. Asking somebody out on a date. Uh, while they're on the table? While they're on the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's like Texas gun laws. Would you like to go on a date with me? Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I just want to visit this very quickly. Um, I think we've covered it pretty much. If, if not, if someone does someone inappropriate on the table, do you all feel like you know how to handle that? If somebody's inappropriate. Remember, there are different grades of it. But if it's a, a, of, a, of a grievous type of nature, meaning they have done something Almost, you know, usually that falls into the sexual category. They've maybe undressed themselves or they've um, done something that you feel like this is just not appropriate. Or maybe they've asked you for something that's not appropriate or whatever. Sometimes, and I think this is really important because I think if you haven't had this, we have people all different lengths of, of service, so to speak, or lengths of time in the business. <clears throat> so if, if this hasn't happened to you, it's really good for you to hear us talk about these things because the potential is always there for these kind of things to happen. For example, you know, the sheet, the sheet come up, that's a little less so than, sometimes with men, one of the signs of a, of a problem, potential problem, is when they ask you to work on the inside of their legs, okay? That's a, that's a potential red flag. In fact, I, I know of therapists that won't even work on guys' legs at all. I, I cover this in our classes. I cover this. That's where the draping becomes essential. True, but it's more than draping. I feel like it's uh, it's the way in which you do your massage. And and this is now I'm all, I'm going into kind of a uh, almost a technical class instruction kind of thing. But I think it's, while we're on the subject, I, I thought it's, uh, you may never be in a class with me when we're talking about the series. I'll just go over now. Um, what you want to avoid with guys is you want to avoid petrissage in this area. Okay, this is a very this has the potential to be a very uh, kind of a stimulating kind of an area for guys. That's why I, I mean, have have people have, have 
women in here, have you had guys ask you to do that and you were questioning their motives? Has anybody had that happen? I never questioned their motives, but the way I approach it was, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drape you like this, and I let them know what my steps are. And, uh, you know, like I'm really vocal about okay, what I'm about good. to do. So, is it, so has anybody had a problem with this? Has anybody had a problem with this? I no. have. So that they know they can't cross that boundary. If you can, uh, to me, it's the way they ask it, you can tell right away. Because you're many years in I business. Have, Hello. Yeah, 10 years. Okay. And I, I was I mean, solo for a long time, so okay. you get more. You get more of that. Yeah. Um, it's the, to me, it's so you haven't had a huge ask. problem with this, though? Uh, I mean, it has been. I mean, it's okay. one of the reasons I work here is okay. solo. Okay. I mean, I okay. stopped Lori, wanting to. Lori, you're, you're many years in the business. Has that been, that's been an issue for you? <laughs> I once, you know. Just but once. I've always been at a and large facility. And you're like 14 years? How long? Yeah, so that's good. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you. I think part of that is, I think there's a component. Now, I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't indict anybody. I'm, I'm giving you a compliment. And part of it is the way that we carry ourselves. So you're obviously carrying yourself in a very professional way that people, because I'll tell you what, there are a lot of female therapists that have had big time problems with this. Okay, so I'm, if you haven't had it, consider that's yourself lucky. Wondering. Uh, no, no, no. I think there's a portion of it. I have a friend of mine who goes to there, but she gets men all the, like, time. All the time. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think there's a, a portion of this has to do with the, the way that you approach it. But it's only a portion. I, 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 it's just a component of it. Good. So, so um, when people do things that are inappropriate to you, how do you respond? Or if they're asking for yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, what I was going to say is, if somebody's asking you to do inside of the legs, that's a potential red flag. Here's what I here's what I would do. And even when you do, see, some people just avoid this area, okay? Because they have. I would say don't avoid it. But here's what I would do: avoid petrissage. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Avoid effleurage. Avoid effleurage. Use do s slow, deliberate strokes with with the palm. Palm of your hand will work, but knuckles and fists is probably better. Come in with it like a reinforced fist like this. Very slow, deliberate. That is not stimulating. That will not create problems. Not, again, in, my, in our lower leg class, I go over all this stuff. If, if you guys, if you guys, uh, I'm mainly speaking to females now. If you're a female, you've been in the business for a while, and it's not been an issue, just keep doing what you've been doing. Okay, You're obviously doing something right. Don't worry about it. But this is an issue for some people. I, I had a female client asked me to make sure that I got all the way up here while she was on the table and stuff almost came off when she sat up and mm -hmm. so it, it'll happen to, to a man as well is what I'm saying yeah, yeah. and then it's just about how you carry yourself yeah and I don't think that I do any work that is feels good in between the legs <laughs> all, those, all those muscles hurt they're all tight and they usually haven't been massaged so yeah, yeah. I'm a big those of you who come to my leg class I'm you can have a whole practice working this area right here. This is very, very, very important part of the body to be working. Um, but we just have to do it right, you know. That's why I'm, I'm really. It saddens me when I talk to women who don't want to work this area. They want to. They want to. They, they won't do anything from here up, you know, like guys, because they've had such a bad experience. But um, you know, they'll do from the knee down, you know. But I, it's sad because this is an area that needs to be worked, and you do have problem. There's problem areas, but if just. If just with a few changes in how you approach it, you can you can avoid some of those issues. Other comments or questions? Well, comment on that. Um, if you do an effleurage on the inner thigh and it causes an erection or something, mm -hmm. that's a parasympathetic response. It doesn't mean they want you. Okay. Matter of right. fact, exactly. that person that person could be like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Flip me, flip mm -hmm. me. And the girl's just like, ah, I'm freaking out. 
So what we've been told, or different sauce would have said, is like you immediately put more um, weight. weight over them, or just flip them. Be like, hey, I think I can get to the side of your leg a little bit better if I flip you on the side, or whatnot. And that immediately makes mm -hmm. that person feel calm, and the therapist can be like, because yeah. a lot of times, I, last class, the therapist, um, the girls were all chiming in. They're like, oh my god, if he has an erection, I'm going to end the session immediately. I'm like, you got him there. That's why he's here. Not necessarily for that, but yeah. to relax. You know, he's embarrassed. Yeah. So well, there is, also, and if this is the person that, of course, that didn't make a move or say a comment. Right. Okay, can you keep doing right. that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I got into this last time and I was a little hesitant on how to bring it up this time, but you did it for me, so thank you. <laughs> um, one, the one thing that I want, I, the point that I would make to that, I think those are great comments. I endorse it 100%. But the point that I would like to make and make sure that everybody gets is that erections on the table are not necessarily there can be, there can be an ill motive behind that, uh, you know, but they're not necessarily, they're not necessarily a somebody that is, um, is has has bad motives, and they're they're, they're it, it could be a totally it's unexpected like mechanical response. It, it could be, it could it could it could be yeah. a number of different ways, and I guess unless they've done something to make you assume otherwise then assume that it's just a normal physiological response and, and deal with it. I think, I think um, having them turn back over is a good, a good response. Let me see. But, uh, there's, I think you're going to need to find your own ways of, of dealing with that. Uh, certainly blankets and weight. Uh, and, and you'll have to decide. Some people have, have told me over the years that they'll say something like, hey, it's perfectly normal. This happens occasionally. It's no big deal. Or, or uh, they'll say something to make the person feel comfortable. I think if you're comfortable with that, I think that's potentially good because it's like, do, do we have anybody that wants to make a comment or anything ways that they've handled it before? That's good. I, th I just think it's important that I just want to make that point that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean this person has horrible sexual thoughts towards me or whatever it is. He's trying to be funny business, or it doesn't have to be a, a, a it doesn't have to be a, a ill. Ill-intended type thing. I it could find be. that if someone has ill intention, they won't make sure you know. Yeah, yeah. that too. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point. Yeah. 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 Any other? That, that's a good. That's a, that's a good point. Any other comments on this? Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, there is um, related to this issue of when people do something towards you. If it's to the point where it's obviously outside the box, it's obviously a problem. Here's what I would ask you to do. And again, I'm okay with you doing it in whatever way you feel comfortable. My preference would be that if somebody does something inappropriate, that you stop the massage, terminate the massage, ask them to get just tell them that I'm not comfortable with what's going on, however you want to say it. But again, uh, and then you, you you leave the room, have them get dressed, and come out to the front. Uh, we will handle it from there. You don't have to. You don't have to deal with them anymore from that period on. Front desk will handle it, Lindsay will handle it, whatever. See, and I, but I'm okay with you finishing the session and then coming up afterwards and saying he did some inappropriate stuff. I think you should either, you know, depending on what it is, we'll, we'll deal with it appropriately. But I know that, that most people are very, are uncomfortable facing it head on, you know? You, you'd rather just get through the session. You, if you, let's say 10 minutes into the session, something inappropriate happens and you stop the session, you will get paid your full hour for that massage. So sometimes I've had people say, well, I want to finish the massage because 
maybe it was 45 minutes into it, and they and they didn't want to not get paid for their session or whatever. You know, you'll get paid for the session even if it's five minutes into it. My point is, I don't think it's, I don't want to reinforce bad behavior by allowing them to have their full massage. That's my point. I think it's better if, if we terminate the massage, that way they're called on it, and Absolutely. I just think that that's, that's a better way to go. I understand that not everybody's comfortable with that, and so I'm not saying you have to do that, but that'd be my preference. I do have one thing. I want to read you a letter Will take this will take a couple of minutes, but it's, I think it's worth reading. It kind of it kind of goes into a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. And if this person would have, you know, and I'll, I'll even stop as we get into it. Okay, the following is my account of what happened during my interactions with blank and okay massage. He entered the room, started rubbing my back. I am normally silent during massages, but he kept the conversation going at first. He said. Oh yeah, this is it, to indicate that he could feel knots on my back. I responded with such things as, that bad, huh? While he was working on my back, he said things along the line, that's it, I'm going to have to be your massage boyfriend. Oh. oh. <laughs> I knew who you're talking about. Do you really? Yeah. <sighs> oh, wow. no. That's right, you work there as well. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Susie said that because he's actually told me that. Okay. Oh, that works. Yeah. Boyfriend or uh, hold on, hold on. Husband. Yes. Or what? Work, work husband. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was interviewing somebody that had worked there, and uh, they had talk, talked about that they had basically been attacked by a, by a fellow therapist. And I. Said, I for some reason, I just I just had a sense of it was him, and I said, "Well, that's yeah, crazy." All right. Okay. Well, he's no longer working here. Okay. I laughed it off and didn't think much of it. He talked about how ideally I should come back every week or so, so we can learn to relax my body. He moved to the sides of my stomach, in which case I began to get ticklish. My body tensed up, and he had this playful tone when he spoke spoke to me. Oh, what what what's going on here? Where are you going? He told me I needed to relax. I told him I was moving because I was ticklish there and that I was trying to relax. To my surprise, he kept rubbing through my ticklish spot even though I was squirming. Finally, I did relax a bit, though I felt that may have been normal. He was trying to work through my tenderness, uh, tenseness. I felt awkward that he did not stop when I was in obvious discomfort, although he, I never did actually say stop. Around this time of me tensing my muscles in my back, he said something along the lines of, you need, you need to relax, you're going to get a spanking. What? Okay. Again, I'm talking. I'm, I'm I'm reading this to you because I want to give you an example of the kind of innuendo and things that you just don't go there. Yeah. Wow. You know, like, yeah. I'm just yeah. Like, yeah. I'm really glad you guys are shocked. That makes me yeah. feel better. I immediately felt uncomfortable, but laughed it off, giving him the benefit of the doubt, and thinking he was just being playful in a harmless manner. At another point, he went to move my arm, and I moved a bit to help. Rather than being completely limp, he said, you like to be in control, don't you? As he continued to my lower body, I was still on my stomach. I felt he was rubbing rather high on my thigh and on my buttocks, but I kept my head, but in my head, I kept reasoning that it was normal. He got so close to my genitalia that at this point I started really wondering whether he was being purposefully inappropriate or not. My body tensed, 
and I could not stop thinking about it from that point on. When he had me turn over on my back, I felt uncomfortable and vulnerable. I believe he could sense this, and he had, got, had gotten quiet. He asked me if I was all right. I said yes. I was just trying to relax. He, he asked if I was sure. I said yes. He proceeded to take one leg out of the draping, which at this point felt normal and along the lines of my past massages. However, as he continued, things felt different. I felt he was completely exposed. I felt I was completely exposed to him. He had me bend my knee and held my leg up and did several stretches. This on its own seemed okay, but to, not to me because I knew it. Uh, he had done something similar during my, my boyfriend's massage and figured he was working on my hips. I had my eyes closed. Uh, throughout the entire stretching sequence and bringing out my leg to the side while opening up my other hip, I felt extremely exposed. I did not look down, kept my eyes closed. I felt extremely uncomfortable. I had never, uh, he had never, he never had me hold the draping even when fanning out my leg around. Sim something I'm familiar with doing is my sister is a massage therapist in training. She told me that she was taught to have the client hold the drape in place if the therapist ever moved the legs around or stretching. I kept wanting to believe that I was still covered by the drape, but that I just lifted it out of my skin so I couldn't feel it. I wanted to believe it was When he brought my leg back, bent out, he had me put my heel on his hip, a heel on his hip. He told me to press into his hip and imagine that my boyfriend just did something I really didn't like. So, as I pushed against his hip with my foot, he was doing some resistance stuff. He said something about how I really must not have liked what my boyfriend did, indicating I had pushed hard or something. While my legs were back and into my back, he rubbed extremely high up on my thigh. I felt his fingers brush against my bare genitalia twice in a row and once more after. In hindsight, I should have expressed my discomfort, but I was extremely uncomfortable. You know, that this is a common this is a common scenario. When women have this happen, they freeze. Yeah. They just freeze and they just like they're in this like stuck deer in a headlights mode. It happens almost every time. You know, you'd think that the woman would just say, Okay, what are you doing? I'm out of here. Get up up that, that doesn't happen. That's not how it works. In hindsight I should have expressed my discomfort. But I was extremely uncomfortable and kept giving him the benefit of the doubt. I did not want to offend him by ending the session or saying something like, saying something. I kept thinking, what if he doesn't even realize what he's doing? See, that's, that's another. You, don't, you can't believe that they're doing something like this intentionally. Throughout this, okay, this is the part I, I wanted you to hear too. Throughout the rest of the session, he repeatedly called me sunshine. Okay. Yeah. So this is stuff, again, I'm giving you examples of what not to do. Should just be Mammon, sir, in my opinion. Or whatever their name is. Or their name. Yeah. And don't drink at work. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like a southern person doing a massage. I know, right? <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's the kind of stuff that I guess it was after this that we realized that we have to we have to start yeah. having a class. And yeah. And that's why there's a one strike and you're out policy because yeah. of stuff like this. We can't chance yeah. it. Yeah. I can't do like.